Welcome to On the Middle East, our Monitor's weekly podcast on the big stories of the day. My name is Ambrun Zaman, and I'll be looking at Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's vows to mount another ground offensive against the Kurds of northeast Syria. Last month, Turkey launched a wave of crippling air attacks against a broad range of targets, including for the first time against joint US-Kurdish bases in northeast Syria. The Syrian Kurds countered with their own offensive, a public relations one, with the commander of the US-backed Syrian Democratic Forces, Muslim Kobani, appearing on the pages and screens of major US media outlets. He appealed for the United States' help to prevent another Turkish invasion that would further undermine the fight against the Islamic State, he said, and wreak further chaos and misery on his people. But it's the Russians who take credit for Turkey not having attacked from the ground so far. With us here today to discuss these developments is Fabrice Ballanche, a French academic specialising in Syria who knows the country intimately and has written several books on it. Belange has been consistently pessimistic about the future of Syria and believes that it's only a matter of time before Turkey strikes again. So welcome to our show, Fabrice. It's so wonderful to have you with us here today. Thank you. And so you are the great pessimist when it comes to Syria and particularly when it comes to the Kurds. Yet um, each time we accuse you of that, uh, you your predictions uh, seem to materialize. And you have uh, more recently again been saying that you believe that Turkey will carry out a ground offensive against uh, uh, the uh, Syrian Kurds as Erdogan has been threatening for some time. Yet uh, there has been no ground offensive and it's been, I think, close to a month, if not more, since he delivered those uh, new threats. And in fact, uh, Putin's envoy, Mikhail Bogdanov, on Monday claimed that he'd actually persuaded Turkey not to do this. So what's going on, Fabrice? Are you wrong this time? Or do you think that... A uh, ground offensive is coming. But I, I would like to be wrong, uh, because uh, if there is a, a ground offensive, uh, I think that this it's the nearly the end of the Kurdish uh, autonomy on northeastern Syria. Um, nobody want uh, nobody want uh, to keep uh, northeastern Syria free. First, uh, Turkey they, they cannot accept uh, the local administration. And they want to uh, to destroy it, and also um, Russia and uh, and the Syrian regime don't want to. So uh, the Russians are using the Turkish threat uh, against the Kurds to persuade the Kurds to leave the American alliance and to come back under the control of Assad. So um, if Muslim Kobane and the Syrian Democratic Forces accept this uh, dictate, uh, this uh, ultimatum, um, they can prevent uh, the uh, the Turkish offensive. I don't think that uh, 
the, the Kurd will, will accept. They still have hope uh, to be protected by uh, by U.S. troops, by uh, U.S. Uh, uh, U.S. president. Um, but this is this is the process that that we have uh, today. So, do you think that uh, these hopes that the United States will protect them? are well founded because when you had that uh, wave of airstrikes by Turkey uh, last month and in fact for the first time targeting a joint US-Kurdish base where they do training programs where Muslim Kobani holds interviews, meets diplomats, etc. That was, you know, quite audacious on the part of Turkey. Um, initially, the response from the United States really seemed pretty weak. Do you think that um, the Kurds have good reason to trust the Americans? Well, the Kurds uh, want to take their dream for the reality. They, they expect, uh, they cry uh, for this US protection because they have no, no choice. Um, since uh, 19, uh, yes, and, um, 2017, the first time I went to I went to northeastern Syria when I, I met uh, Ilham Ahmad, for instance. Um, she told me uh, the US, the West uh, have a debt because we fight, we fight uh, Daesh, uh, we, we come back to, to Raqqa. Uh, so um, they, they give us a promise that they will support our, um, our freedom, they will support uh, our willing to, to create a, a Kurdish statelet on northeastern Syria. And I asked her, but you know, Erdogan is going to, to take uh, Afrin. She said, no, no, it's impossible. Uh, we will be protected by US. And uh, and we we have we are you know, strong to, to protect uh, Afrin. Um, nine months later, uh, it was uh, the first attack against uh, Afrin. And after three months, uh, Turkey took Afrin. And US didn't tell anything. The second time, uh, same discussion with not Ilham Ahmad but with other people about uh, Tel Abiyad and uh, and Al-Salain. No, no, uh, the U.S. will protect us, etc. And they haven't do it. So uh, I think that uh, it will be the same thing uh, very soon if Erdogan decides to take uh, Kobane because the real target is uh, the, the Kobane to join uh, Jarabos and, and Tel Abiyad. U.S. will protest. But uh, they will not. Um, they will not uh, take um, strong um, measure uh, against uh, Turkey. The only problem for for US it's what can we do with Tel Hol with uh, with the jihadists uh, who are um, uh, in jail and uh, controlled by the Kurds. Well, also the United States is really not present in Kobani anymore. That ended in 2019 when uh, Turkey came in for its Operation Peace Spring. And in the wake of that, the United States actually destroyed its own base there. Yes. Um, so that really means that physically they can't actually do anything. What they can do perhaps is impose more sanctions um, on Turkey as they did then. Um, but it really, it's down to the Russians this time, isn't it? And as I said, you've got the Russians boasting about preventing this operation. So is it, you know, not going to happen because the Russians are saying no? Or is this some kind of theater uh, between, you know, Turkey and the Russians? 
what will happen next? You say Turkey will go for Kobani. Will it? Or have the Russians actually put the brakes on this? Well, it's difficult to know because uh, the discussion between uh, Erdogan and Putin, it's, uh, it's a black box. We, we, it's a secret uh, agreement, like in uh, 2016 uh, in St. Petersburg when uh, Erdogan met, uh, met Putin and they decided the intervention in Syria. I, I give you a part of the Kurds, you give me a part of Idlib. And uh, so it was a secret agreement. So... Uh, well, I have told you at the beginning, the Russians want to use Turkey as a leverage on the Kurds. If the Kurds are ready to come on the regime side, they will uh, they will protect uh, uh, the Kurds. They will prevent Turkey to to control more um, more territory in Syria. But if still the Kurds uh, don't want to to accept the situation. The, the Russian will let uh, Erdogan to, to attack. So, so you think it's basically a matter of time. So the Russians yes. have probably said to the Turks, why don't we just let, you know, the Kurds sort of come to reason and, and, and you know, do a deal, which in fact would probably suit Turkey as well, because we all know that any deal signed by Assad is probably not going to be honoured. The Syrian region uh, has no no freedom, no power in, anymore. Uh, it's in the hand of the Russian, and uh, Assad will do what uh, what Putin tell him to do. Um, it's it's very clear. So, um, but what could be happen? It's a kind of coordination uh, between the Turkish offensive uh, against the Kurds and uh, a Syrian army offensive on Raqqa, on Derzor, for instance. Uh, on the back uh, of the of the Syrian democratic forces to weak uh, to weak their defense uh, that could happen uh, to to close uh, the road between uh, between uh, Rifat and uh, and Manbej, for instance to to prevent uh, Kurdish forces to to reach uh, Rifat if it will be attacked or um, to let the Turks to use uh, Manbej road to surround uh, Kobane. I think uh, the only thing that the, the regime can do is these uh, small technical things with uh, with Turkey. But um, and definitely Assad has no anymore um, enough power to, to prevent anything from, from Turkey. He's uh, under the control of the Russian and the Iranian. So then, you know, at the risk of repeating myself, what, what we're really looking at is Russia trying to get uh, the Kurds to give up on the Americans without a real fight. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, the, everyone being quite pleased by that result. And we're also hearing, um, I'm certainly hearing reports from the ground that uh, Iranian-backed militias there, or rather Iranian militias themselves and uh, the Russians, have become much more aggressive in their harassment of coalition forces there, you know, not directly attacking them, but sort of attacking close to them, sort of really squeezing them and exhausting them. Uh, and uh, to the point where there is kind of a metal fatigue uh, among these forces there. Um, have you been hearing similar reports? After all, there are French forces on the ground there too. And I know you have uh, good contacts. Have you heard anything similar, Fabrice? No, because uh, well, there is a special French forces, but very few people 
uh, just to have a foot on the ground, but we don't know where they are, what they are doing. Uh, it's a very secret uh, operation for the French uh, government. Uh, but it's clear that uh, you have uh, an harassment uh, from uh, uh, from the Shia militia who are uh, close to Berzor and they target uh, the uh, U.S. Uh, position uh, who are in uh, uh, on the other side on, on the Euphrates uh, because they know very well that uh, the U.S. presence uh, is fragile uh, on northeastern Syria and if there is any risk for the American troops, uh, Biden could decide to withdraw the troops. Um, and uh, that's, they try to install a, a climate of insecurity for uh, for the US troop. Yes, but then again, there really is this very real uh, problem of all those ISIS fighters and their families in Al-Hol and in the prisons who do pose a real threat to everybody's security. I mean, I would say primarily to the mm. Kurds' own security. Um, how do you get around that? I mean, if the SDF is no longer able to protect, you know, um, or rather to, well, defend those prisons and keep them under control, can the Syrians, can the Russians, uh, how do you get around that problem? Yes, it's it's a very big problem because if uh, the Syrian troops come on Hasake and Tel Hol, um, they, they are going to be in charge of the jihadists, uh, especially the foreign jihadists, and they can organize a, a new um, uh, judgment in, in Damascus, a, a new member of, 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 uh, of ISIS uh, in, uh, in Damascus, for instance, um, to promote uh, the, the image of, of the Syrian regime. It could be um, blackmail for, for um, all the European countries uh, who have uh, fighters uh, in uh, in Syria. Because so are you point... suggesting that the, uh, the Assad regime could see this as a way of rehabilitating itself yes. by yes. taking on this burden and saying, okay, mm -hmm. guys, don't worry, I'll take care of this and, you know... Yes, I take care his, of, of their some of them. Usual, and I... uh, methods, uh, sort of, you know, do what they yes. do with their own... Um, dissidents, opponents, and of course, nobody's going to shed any tears for those guys. But of course, there are civilians, I mean, not civilians exactly, since we know how radicalized the women are, but then there are those children, some of whom have European nationality. Mm -hmm. uh, what about them? So that's why uh, there is a, an emergency to... Um... To withdraw also these people from from Tel Hall and to find a, to find a solution quickly, because uh, this this risk uh, first they can escape if you have a, a Turkish offensive like it was already the case in 2019 uh, or the jail in, in Kamishli was open, or the second uh, second thing it's the Syrian army that we could uh, take control of, of these people and use them. Uh, as a blackmail uh, on, on on the west. So you're saying that the Syrian army could take control of those people as well. Yes, and I think that uh, probably in the discussion, uh, it's something uh, of course secret, but uh, that you can have a deal between the Russian Syrian regime and the uh, and the Syrian Democratic Forces, uh, because we know that um, uh, for the protection of uh, not the protection for the um, taking. Uh, control these people, uh, the Syrian Democratic Forces uh, 
get some some weapons, some advantage from from the West, uh, and so they can bargain also uh, these people uh, with the regime in exchange of uh, some advantage. So, what are the Kurds left with then? If you know, uh, everything you described makes it sound like they kind of end up with nothing. How is that possible? How do you put this genie back into the bottle? After all, these people have been governing themselves now. Uh, my mathematics are terrible since 2012. So that's 10 years. That's yes. not, you know, nothing. That's a whole decade of self-governance, of living outside the regime's control. How do you go back to ground zero? Can you even do that? Yes, this is this is the main problem. That's why uh, they, they don't want to accept anymore the Mukhabarat system to come back to uh, to their area. They want to, to speak their language. Uh, they want to have their own government. But, uh, you know, my last trip in, in the area in last January, I saw that the economic situation is, uh, is desperate. Um, and with the growth, it's... Uh, uh, it's uh, it's more uh, more difficult because uh, you, you know the breadbasket of Syria now is uh, importing uh, wheat from outside and so people uh, don't see any solution uh, that's why they, they are desperate um, and you have also this uh, Damocles sword uh, on on your head uh, from from Turkey um, you if, there is no real education system real uh, health system. Um, and people don't know where they are going. They don't know where the local administration is going. And, and even if the level of life is a little bit more up than in, on the Syrian side, uh, what is the most difficult for the people is they don't know where, to, where the, the northeastern Syria is going. On the regime side, people know where it's going. Uh, so it's like, oh, yeah, okay, it's not, but they have this mental security to know where the way. On the other side, on North Eastern Syria, it's not the case, and that's why uh, they are uh, more more desperate, and they but, want uh, a, a sustainable solution. And so, how does Iran fit into this picture? Because we know that Israel, for one, is very, you know, upset about Iranian influence, the Iranian foothold the Shia Crescent, as they call it, um, extending to Lebanon and, you know, these supply lines to Hezbollah. Uh, in what way can the Syrian regime give assurances to Israel that it will address that security concern? And would the Russians be on board with that? Um, is that even possible, given how important Iran has become to Syria, and given that Russia is so distracted by Ukraine. Yes, the, so the Iranians are filling the gap. Uh, the Russians are less uh, present in, uh, in Syria. And so, of course, the Iranian influence is, uh, is growing, and it's a real threat for, uh, for Israel. And uh, Assad cannot give any guarantees to, to, to Israel because... Uh, is completely dependent uh, from uh, from Iran. Uh, if Assad wants to survive, he needs at least 50,000 uh, Shia militia uh, to control the country. Um, he needs also economic support from Iran. He needs uh, uh, oil coming from Iran too. But he needs first 50,000 men. 
because uh, he has no enough troops to control uh, the, the country. Uh, the Alawite community, who was uh, uh, the, the main source of, of, uh, of soldiers, uh, is very weak today. They lost uh, one, uh, one man on, on three uh, during this, this war. So he cannot recruit anymore Alawai to control uh, enough Alawai to control the country. He don't trust the Sunni, of course, and so uh, it's uh, thanks to the Hezbollah, thanks to the Shia militia that uh, he can uh, he can survive. So he cannot refuse anything to Iran. But obviously, making peace with Turkey um, might, in some ways mitigate that or would it not i mean for for one having let's say in any peace deal presumably turkey would end its support for the sunni rebels wouldn't that already be easing some pressure on on assad or is that a whole other you know huge problem that he faces potentially uh, because even if turkey were to withdraw support we have no guarantee that especially groups like HTS wouldn't stop their insurgency. Yes, so the, the relation with Turkey is, uh, is, some, is special because on one side, Turkey uh, is occupying uh, the north of, of Syria and we can imagine that in the future, Turkey can create a Republic of Northern Syria like in Northern Cyprus uh, after 50 years, 60 years, we, we don't know, but... Uh, we know that Erdogan would like to withdraw the, the, the border, uh, especially 100 years after the Lausanne Treaty. Uh, it's his dream, and at the same time, it's a Turkish election. So, and uh, so he has a leverage on Assad because he controls uh, some rebels, uh, he controls uh, HTS. And at the same time, for Assad to reintegrate four million, so five, five million of Sunni, Arab Sunni, uh, who are uh, in Idlib and uh, in, uh, in Azaz and Jalablus, it's not a good idea. Um, because uh, today, Assad controls 12 million of people. Uh, four million are Alawite, Christian, Druze, Malian, and uh, people who, who are on his side. And you have about 8 million of, of Sunni who could be uh, uh, on the side of the opposition, not all, but uh, a part of. If you reintegrate 4 million of, five, 4 million of people who were in the opposition, um, it's not sustainable for Assad. So um, if he cannot, uh, if, if he cannot control this area, it's better to let uh, this area under the control of the Turks. Um, because he has no no choice, and he don't want that Turkey also send back uh, the refugees in in Syria uh, by force. Because uh, uh, this this war is also a huge um, uh, political ethnic cleansing for for Assad. Well, of course, there's always that idea floating around that um, the regime could enlist the help of the Kurds against HTS. Yes, uh, it's an idea, but. Uh, what we have seen in Syria, that there is no uh, solidarity between uh, the Kurds and the, uh, the Alawites and the other minorities. Uh, by the contrary, um, uh, the Arabs, Assad is Arabs, Alawites are Arabs, don't like the Kurds, like the Arabs or not. Uh, so you have this ethnic gap uh, between, uh, between them. Um, 
Um, and if Assad want to, to come back to northeastern Syria, it's by using the Arab tribe. Uh, when I visited Banbej, uh, Raqqa, even Kamishli, I saw a um, uh, tribal leader. And you understand that the tribal leader don't support uh, the Kurdish uh, administration. Okay, they are silent because uh, the Kurds are the, the stronger for the moment, but they are waiting. Uh, they are waiting. The Syrian army come back, or even Turkey uh, come to 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 the area. Uh, they prefer uh, they prefer to be ruled by an Arab than to be ruled by 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 a Kurd. So um, uh, Assad and the Kurds um, can Assad cannot give uh, autonomy or freedom to the Kurds because he promised to the Arab tribe the power uh, when he will come back. So and it's a completely course. big mess, huge mess, because, I mean, you know, there is no sort of solution <laughs> to this conflict, you know. It sounds like there are no, like, clear outcomes where you have the country sort of come back together in ways that the respective constituents may not get everything they want, but get a minimum of what they want. Instead, it's just more of a mess with, you know, the stakeholders perhaps changing positions, getting a little more territory here and there. And as you describe it, with the Kurds sort of emerging as, as the big losers. Mm, yes. Um, Levant, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, uh, it's what we call a, a, a geopolitical uh, buffer zone. It's a geopolitical buffer zone between uh, Turkey, Iran, Israel, Saudi, and Russia, and, and US. So all these uh, actors are fighting in this area. Uh, but uh, the stronger alliance is today the alliance between uh, Russia, Iran, and uh, and Turkey. And so um, on, on the Western side, uh, there is no enough effort, investment in the area to keep their position. Uh, the best allies of the West are the Kurds, uh, but um, it's a weak ally, uh, because even in northeastern Syria, the Kurdish population, it's only one third of the, of the population. And um, the, you have this gap between the, the Arab and the Kurds. So, uh, and US know very well this, this situation, and they know that uh, it will be difficult to, to stay uh, long term in, in, in this area. They, they find a way to, to save the face. They would like to probably that to, 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 to keep some freedom for, for the Kurds, but uh, I don't see it's an uh, impossible mission, but uh, it's very, very hard. You need more investment, more troops, more money. Um, and I don't think that the West is uh, is ready to invest so much uh, on northeastern Syria. And also, especially because uh, uh, they need the Turkey uh, against Russia. And uh, they know that the price to keep Turkey uh, on on our side, I don't know if it's on our side, but uh, at least at, at the middle between Russia and the West, uh, it's to give uh, to give the Turkey the cures. Well, it and was we, striking uh, to me how yeah. little your country, France, said about uh, Turkey's most recent wave of air attacks uh, on northeast Syria. And I mean, Ilham Ahmed, who is the uh, executive president of the Syrian Democratic Council, uh, the 
political arm of the SDF, was a frequent visitor, well, frequent maybe an exaggeration, but at the Elysee Palace where she would meet with Macron. Uh, what happened to that? You know, I didn't hear Macron say anything, or maybe I missed it. No, he's, he's silent. He's very silent. In 2019, uh, he was uh, angry against Turkey. But uh, and we had also many problems with Turkey in Libya, in, uh, in Eastern Mediterranean. We supported the, the, the Greece, uh, Greece against Turkey at that time. But now there is a kind of appeasement uh, between Turkey and France. And of course, because we need uh, a unified NATO against the Russians. So um, we don't, uh, Macron is, is very, very silent uh, about this. And, um, that's so the going. overall, it seems like um, the sort of very strong support that existed, particularly at the height of that ISIS, um, you know, campaign, anti-ISIS campaign, is slowly receding. Yes. I mean, clearly, the Kurds are very have become very good at public relations. We saw how um, Muslim Kobani managed to talk to all the top media outlets in the United mm. States. But um, can that, in the end, save the day? Uh, we simply don't know. Um, it's all rather depressing, uh, Fabrice. So, I mean, final question. Do you think uh, President Macron, or whoever is the next French president, uh, may someday be shaking Assad's hand, maybe even sooner than Erdogan? Um, it will be very difficult uh, for, for Macron or even for the next president uh, to to see Assad again, to reopen the embassy. It, could, it will take time. Um, not just because uh, you have this French uh, willing to uh, check again the end of, uh, of Assad, but uh, also because uh, Assad don't want. <laughs> Assad... Uh, uh, don't want to to have a relation with France, official relation with France. He want to punish France uh, because France was uh, uh, at the beginning um, the head of the, the coalition uh, against Assad. And so he cannot do the same thing with the US, of course, because US it's a, it's a world power. But France uh, has less importance today uh, at the world level or even at the European level. No, it's Germany who rule uh, the European Union. You don't know anymore this, uh, this couple, uh, France and Germany, who are ruling the European Union. So there is no need for Assad to um, re-establish relations with, uh, with France. And we don't have any le leverage on, on Syria anymore. But I'm how sure does he rebuild the country? Where does the money come from? How How is that going to work? Oh, Assad know very well that, uh, that uh, you, uh, Europe will not pay for uh, the construction uh, of Syria. Because Europe thought that uh, without any uh, election, uh, political transition, uh, we will not pay for, for Syria. So Assad is waiting money from the Gulf. Uh, Will that and, come? Uh, from uh, Emirates, uh, for uh, Kuwait, from Saudi Arabia, because um, Russia is uh, is pushing uh, this country, this country to, to to pay for the uh, for the reconstruction, um, and the the argument of Russia: if you don't want that uh, Iran control all Syria, you have to support uh, Syria a little bit. 
And if you don't want Erdogan uh, control north of Syria, also you have to support uh, Assad. Um, but he is not waiting money from the West. Uh, so do you think eventually he'll get back into the Arab League? I mean, uh, the Egyptians seem to be very against it. Why is why is Egypt holding back? I, I don't Clearly, think, it's uh, not over human rights, given what Egypt no. <laughs> with its own people. Uh, no, I, I don't know um, uh, what's happened between uh, Egypt and uh, and Syria, but the Arab League is not important. Uh, there is no decision uh, among the Arab League. Arab, Arab League have no budget, uh, and so uh, it's, it's it's better to have this uh, direct line with uh, with Emirates. Than uh, to be reintegrated in uh, in the Arab League. Oh well, all very cynical, all very bleak, all very dark. Uh, we must uh, pity the Syrian people, be they Kurds, Arabs, Alawites. It uh, doesn't look very bright. Well, no, thank country, you so much. Country is broken for uh, decades, uh, and uh, how do you want to reunify uh, Syria? Uh, no. Uh, so the country is, is is really broken, like Iraq, like Lebanon. That's all the Levant, all this uh, geopolitical buffer zone, who is in uh, in destruction today. Well, on that note, um, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, we'll you. have to thank wind you. it up here, but um, wishing you a very happy Christmas uh, in you France, <laughs> and yes. hope to see you again soon. And this brings us to the end of this week's episode of On the Middle East. I hope you enjoyed it and will join us again next week with another exciting programme. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>